everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. I would also like to recommend Stitcher Premium if you're a fan of podcasts. If you like true crime or crime fiction, there are loads of podcasts out there for you. And with Stitcher Premium, you can listen to the exclusive archives from Criminology or bonus episodes from True Crime Garage. You can also listen ad-free to episodes of your favorite podcasts. I've subscribed, and for only $4.99 a month, it's nice to have ad-free entertainment. Just go to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code CRIMECAFE, that's one word, all caps, to try it out absolutely free for a month. I'm pleased to bring you this week an interview I originally ran on my own YouTube channel. My apologies for any variations in the sound quality. I am interviewing another crime fiction author. His name is Tom Vader, and he's a journalist and author. So uh, he uh, is uh, located in Bangkok and writes about that place and writes some very interesting stuff. So uh, I would like to welcome you on on the channel, uh, Tom. Hi. Thanks Hi, Debbie. Thanks very much for having me on the show. It's wonderful uh, to meet you on this uh, amazing technology we're using, and it's great to talk to you. You're about six, 7,000 miles away or even more, so it's amazing that we can actually do this. Um, you at the beginning of your day and me at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I think I've always been amazed by this sort of thing. Um, so um, my assumption is that you started with journalism and went into crime writing. Would that be correct? Um, well, actually, it sort of happened hand in hand because um, the, the first article I ever wrote for a newspaper was in 1997 for a paper in, in Nepal. And um, while I was there, I started thinking about writing my first novel, The Devil's Road to Kathmandu, which then eventually came out in 2004. So it, it kind of happened at the same time, but, um, but I, I would say that, you know, between the, the, the pieces of fiction I write, there are long gaps for professional reasons. And so um, mostly, most of the time I have a day job, I do journalism, and when I have some months off, then I can sit down and write a novel. Mm -hmm. So you're primarily a journalist who also does crime writing. That's, yeah, you, you could say that. I also own a, a, a small publishing house, um, Crime Wave Press, which is a crime fiction imprint based in Hong Kong, which does mostly ebooks. And we've published about 32 titles by um, <clears throat> all sorts of authors, many of them from the US. Uh, so that's, that's my other gig. So I, I kind of do three different things. I'm a crime fiction writer. I 
I'm a very small press publisher with just one partner, and and I've written four crime fiction novels and a bunch of short stories. Mm. I'm interested in the fact that you do so much stuff. Um, I'm also interested in in the in the notion of, of 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 a journalist going into this sort of thing because the tradition of journalists going into to fiction writing is historically something I've always been kind of intrigued by, which is why I majored in journalism, actually, because of my interest in writing and in fiction in general. Um, what made you choose crime fiction in particular as a genre? Um, uh, I think it's probably several things. One is uh, genre fiction kind of makes it easy to, because it's got many established rules and tropes and conventions and and so in that sense it's it's quite conservative so you as a writer there's a lot of things to hold on to when you're writing your first novel because it has to go a certain way if you're going to follow crime fiction conventions if you write literary fiction it's it seemed at least to me when i was in my 20s it seemed much more disorienting and i didn't know really how i would do that character development and all this stuff but in in crime fiction, you know, you have certain stock characters and certain ways the plots develop and 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 end in the end. So, so I felt certainly with my first novel, The Devil's Road to Kathmandu, that I wanted to just write a, a, a sort of conventional adventure story. You know, with uh, it's it's the story of four young guys who, in 1975, hit the hippie trail between between London and Kathmandu and drive a van from London to Kathmandu and on the way they, they, they make a drug deal that goes horribly wrong and uh, guys disappears with the money mail saying come back to Kathmandu and get your share of the money. Hmm. So that it's, it's like a classic kind of adventure story that I wanted to create and I just felt that the sort of crime fiction travel genre um, would would be the easiest way of turning that into a reality. Yeah. Uh, which novel is this? I'm sorry. It's my first novel, The Devil's Road to Kathmandu, which was originally published by a Hong Kong publishing house in 2004 and is still in print. It's out in English and in Spanish. And uh, yeah, it's still, after all these years, it's, it's actually still shifts some copies. So that's quite nice. That's interesting. That's great. Sounds like fun. Um, I've been reading your latest novel, the, Mon the Monsoon Ghost Image. The character in that is very intriguing. Meyer, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, that's how you pronounce his name. And um, I should say it's a very German name. It's, it's like one of the, the standard, very common German names. But incidentally, um, it's also the name of um, the sidekick in the John D. MacDonald novels. Oh yeah, that's right. So he's spelt in a different way, but I was kind of inspired by that guy as well. Wow, you know, I had totally forgotten about that. It's been so long since I've read John D. MacDonald, who I love. Right, <laughs> right but there's, there's always that sidekick in all those novels. Um, and and he's called Maya. He's spelled a little bit differently. He's an accountant, I think. Right. And, and so, 
in, in kind of in homage to John D. MacDonald, I, I called my detective Maya as well, but it is also a very German, very, very common German name, you know. Huh. Well, tell us a little bit more about the character and the series in general. Yeah, the series is now a trilogy. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's basically, a, they're historical novels in a way. They deal with a particular aspect of history, but they're also just um, detective novels about a German detective who lives in Hamburg, works for detective agency there. He's a former conflict journalist and and he's from the former communist East Germany as well. And he does jobs in Asia when, when German citizens get go on off the rails in Asia or they get on the wrong tracks or something tragic happens to them. He's the guy who's sent by his agency to go and and resolve the situations and, and clean up. So in the first book, the Cambodian Book of the Dead, he goes to Cambodia, as the title suggests, and um, tries to find the heir to a Hamburg coffee empire who's, who's gone AWOL in Cambodia. In the second book, um, he, he, he tries to resolve the, the 25-year-old murder of a communist cultural attaché from East Germany in, in Laos, which is to this day is communist. And in the third book, he's in Thailand, the, uh, the monsoon ghost image, which is just out, um, where he's investigating the disappearance of a celebrity photographer, um, the alleged disappearance, who is also alleged to have taken photographs of the CIA's extraordinary renditions program that ran in the early 2000s in the wake of 9-11. So all those books are kind of based in a historical framework, but they are also, you know, action adventure detective stories that play in particular locations that I'm familiar with from my journalistic work because I've been in Asia for 20 years and I know Cambodia, Laos and Thailand quite well because I've worked in those countries a great deal. Mm -hmm. Well, um... I was intrigued by an interview that I read with you where you said, sometimes it's easier writing about larger truths in genre fiction than it is in journalism and nonfiction. And I've always thought that fiction is a great way to explore truth. Um, uh, what sort of larger truths have you taken on in your fiction? Huh. Yeah, I mean... Uh, in, in terms of the historical angle, um, the things I discuss in those three novels, they're, they're all kind of heavy-duty th historical themes. In the first one, I talk about the, the genocide of the communists in Cambodia and the Western involvement in that. In the second book, I talk about the CIA's secret war in Laos in the 1960s, which at that point was the American uh, intelligence community's largest uh, campaign to date. And in the third book, again, I look at um, American foreign policy. So um, that's kind of, um, it's, it's, as a journalist, it's very difficult to write about those subjects and, and take a step back from the hard news, from what happens from day to day to day to day. And um, the, the crime fiction gives me a platform to, to talk about these subjects in a, in a more kind of detached and you know, you, you kind of, you're having a, a bird's eye view of the situation because, of course, first of all, it's already passed some years ago. It is 
our history now, and so I can I can look at many many different sources in order to get the material that I want for the books. Um, plus, I have this added advantage that I I live in this in the world where those where where those stories happened, even if they happened partly before my time, of course. I was going to say the fact that you're located in Southeast Asia is, uh, plays very much into your writing, correct? It, it does, but interestingly enough, I've, I've just finished a, a short story, um, which is called To Kill an Arab, and uh, that will be out in an anthology uh, in February in the US, and it's set in Morocco and has nothing to do with Southeast Asia, so I'm... I mean, yes, I live here. I've, I've, I've worked on hundreds of stories here in the region. And um, of course, many are to do with crime and conflict. So I'm, I'm sitting on a bed of very, very rich material. And that has flown into those particular three novels. Uh, while The Devil's Road to Kathmandu is, is about, um, as I said, it's about these three guys who drive a van from, from London to Kathmandu. And in, in the 90s, I took a bus from Kathmandu back to London. So I've kind of done the same journey in reverse. So I'm feeding on these experiences that I either had when I was younger or that I'm having in a professional context. But um, I also, I'm, I'm, I'm also keen not just to write about what's happening in front of my front door. That's why I'm saying my recent, my recent story is set in Morocco, which is a completely different kettle of fish in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I mean, somebody else was saying the concept of write what you know can go a little too far sometimes. Sometimes you want to write about what you don't know. <laughs> and that can be yeah. interesting. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's quite a few um, very successful crime writers. Um, I don't know about now, but in, in the past, um, who who wrote crime novels about places that they'd never ever been to? I think Carter Brown wrote a lot of novels about places he'd never been to, and there's also a, a famous, fa very famous German writer who wrote westerns without ever having been to the U.S. So that you can be successful with that too if you're clever and uh, and I guess a good writer, and and still put you know pe put people in the context of the story even without having any first-hand experience of it. For me, it's simply, and I also, I hear you regarding that you can put too much in of, of what you see around you, but, you know, it's where I live and what I see, and, and, and I feel like, why shouldn't I feed on this rich bedrock of culture and experience that that I have in this very peculiar life that I live, you know. Do you have any plans in terms of where the Meyer series is going to go? Do you, do you have, kind of think in terms of the story arc for the character over the course of, of the, the series? Um, yeah, I've, I think for now, because it's take, it takes me a long time to write these books. I'm not very fast. It, I, I, I put one out every few years, you know, so... So for now, I, I'm because because I, Southeast Asia is is part of where I work, and I also work in South Asia. So so I feel that because I've written this Southeast Asian trilogy now, that I should 
give it a rest. And as you just said, um, as you just mentioned somebody else's quote, not ride the fact that I live here to death and, and think of some other places. So I, I rather suspect that my next book will be set in the UK where I lived 15 years ago. I, I think so. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I, I think the next thing I'm going to write is another short story because the last two short stories I wrote, I've both managed to publish with um, very good outlets. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. And uh, um, so I think there's, there's, a, there's a good platform for me now in short fiction at this point. That's good, yeah. I think short fiction is um, something that's kind of coming back into its own now, especially novellas. Yeah, it's, it does seem to be that way. I've just sold a 6,000-word story about um, a little island. Here, here we go, Becky. Um, I, uh, Debbie, I, I've just sold a story set on La Réunion, which is a, a small African island, which is in a French territory, off the coast of Africa that I've never been to. And, uh, and uh, the, the story is about, they, they have a problem there with sharks. Sharks attack local people and the dive industry is suffering and the surfing industry there is suffering. Um, but they suspect that the sharks um, have come to bite local people because um, they get used to effluence from the meat industry that flows through the rivers into the ocean. And uh, and me and a French journalist wrote a short story novella um, around this idea because uh, my colleague um, had been to La Réunion and had experienced this directly. So we we wrote a story about a guy who who commits a murder and pins it on a shark in order to make the sharks look bad. Mm. And uh, that story came out with a, uh, a German magazine called Ecoot, and um, it's been serialized into four or five parts. And so we're delighted. And as I said, I've written another story set in Morocco um, that uh, will also come out in an anthology in the US. So I think for me also, it makes sense at the moment to write short fiction, yes. Very cool. I like the idea of a shark being framed for murder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. And um, you said right now you're working on short stories. Yes. Uh, so I'm because because me and uh, the French journalist I was working on the story about uh, La Réunion because we managed to sell that. We are now in the process of trying to write a, a follow up to that one, which will then hopefully also be serialized in the same magazine. Great. Serials. Um, yeah. Serials are in now. Serial killings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, where can uh, readers find you and your books online? So the easiest place to find me online is just under my name, tomvata.com. And um, they can also look on, on Amazon. I have an author page there and all my books are available there. They're also available on other platforms like Kobo and... Uh, so they're, they're, they're around. I'm not hard to find at all. Excellent. And um, who are your favorite authors? Oh, God, there's so, there's so many. Uh, I mean, sort of from times long past, I suppose uh, Joseph Conrad is my favorite author. Mm -hmm. 
from times, uh, I mean, for, for me, I really like 1950s, 1960s American crime fiction. Uh, so from the early hard-boiled guys like Dashiell Hammett to Raymond Chandler to the next generation of Ross MacDonald, Jim Thompson, David Goodis, and the aforementioned John D. MacDonald, of course. Of course. And, and you've got to help me now because I've got a complete blockage in my head. Who, who's, who's the character in that bloody series? I, I remember uh, the sidekick's called Maya, but uh, help, help, help. I'm Otherwise, I have to go to my shelf and look. Thinking, um, John D. Ah, Travis, Travis, Travis McGee. Travis, yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Travis McGee, exactly. Uh, all I could think of was boat <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, he had a boat in in Fort Lauderdale, and right? Colors. He yeah. used colors in his titles. <laughs> Every title had a different color. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, he got very creative with that. From he, he was he was the most widely read author. <laughs> he was the most, most widely read author by American soldiers in Vietnam. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. Um, they had special uh, US, U.S. forces editions of his books out for the, for the troops in Vietnam. Huh. Very interesting. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, I'd really like to thank you for... Um, for letting me speak, giving me a platform, asking interesting questions, and being on your show. That's been really, really kind. Brilliant. And, oh, it's uh, my yeah. pleasure. And thanks a lot for reading. other authors. <laughs> thanks for reading my book. And uh, yeah, um, people can find me easily. And my books are all available on Amazon, both my crime novels and my nonfiction. Excellent. Well, I just want to recommend Monsoon Ghost Image to all of you. I'm not doing a review here, but I will say that I'm enjoying it. And uh, so look for Tom Vader online and buy his books. Thanks for listening, and come back in two weeks when I'll have my next guest. In the meantime, happy reading. Mm-hmm.